C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Hi, welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I am the Resident Youth, Maddie Yuri. Uh We are so excited to bring you a special episode of Shay and Maddie's Friendship Podcast from Portland, Oregon. Live and in person. Live and in person. Uh, super excited Record to record a Palooza 2. Our favorite event. Our favorite event. Um, so we are going to do a really fun thing today. Maddie, do you want to tell it's us about special. it? very special. Tell so, our listeners. The Kappas all know this, and we've posted about it on social media, and probably will continue to post about it, but we were featured in the Kappa magazine, The Key. Thank you, and shout out to editor Laura Vinci and former pod guest for uh, getting us that excellent uh, yeah. little bit of press. So it's very exciting. It's our biggest piece of press yet, but the format of the article is... Laura independently asked Shay and I a series of questions that related to millennial culture and, you know, different aspects of the podcast. And we both submitted our answers to Laura independently. So we didn't see each other's answers. And they only picked, I think they asked us like almost 18 questions Mm -hmm. or something. And they only picked five. And even out of those five, of course, they like edited them down and stuff. So we thought it would be fun. Um, to go through the questions and write what we wrote, and then maybe potentially if our answers have changed since then, mm-hmm. we thought that would be a fun little friendship podcast endeavor. Awesome. So let me pull them up. Okay. Hold, please. I'm not ready. Maddie. I took screenshots. Okay. All right, let's go. Number one. Shay, would you like to present? What social media channels are you personally on? Uh, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. I am on Instagram and Facebook and also LinkedIn, even though I hate it. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't have a LinkedIn when I answered this question for Laura, but I have one now and I also hate it. I was talking to Leah, former guest when she was in town, Mm -hmm. and she works for a recruiting company and I get it. I get why it's helpful. And a lot of companies do post like exclusive, you know, job openings on LinkedIn. But I'm just like, the interface sucks. I just hate it. It's creepy. I really don't like it. Yeah. I'm also on Medium, which is kind oh. is which was by the inventors of Twitter. It's like a long form Twitter, like oh. where you do essays. Um, but I haven't posted anything yet. I just creep on people. That's cool. Yeah, that's so. very cool. Okay. Number two, are you still on your parents' cell phone plan slash car insurance slash health insurance? Nope. Was that your answer yeah. that you said? Just nope? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wrote, cell phone, yes. Although if you ask my parents, I think that might be coming to an end soon. Because my parents, they were like, I don't even know. We haven't even like addressed it. They listen to this podcast. Maybe after this, they'll be like, yeah, you should be paying for your own cell phone. But I'm on like a family plan. So I don't even think like it's like a nominal amount. Mm-hmm. And if I want to keep my number, that's the thing that they don't tell you is it's really hard to keep your number if you get a new plan. Mm. So... That's, That's an incentive to stay on. Um, I don't have a car, yay, in New York, but I am on my parents' health insurance, and if the current system isn't dismantled, I probably will be until I'm 26, because my mom works for the government, so she gets, like, A-plus. really A++ mm-hmm. health insurance. Um, and quite frankly, when I was getting my new job, 
I looked because I was like, oh, maybe, you know, my current job, like, it could be better or, like, more in network options. And the amount of money that my parents pay for a family of four, I would be paying the same amount for an individual. So it didn't make sense at all to, like, get my own. So, All right. Number three, what age did you get your first cell phone? Uh, At my eighth grade graduation, so I was 14. I was 20, and it was my junior year of college. Yes. I think she used that one in the article. Uh, Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Number four, what mode of transportation did you take to get to middle school daily? Um, My mom generally drove me. Um, I lived in kind of a rural area, and I went to private school, so there were not buses for the middle school. I had a similar answer, which is probably why they didn't pick this one for the interview, because it's not. um, The point of this interview, I don't know if we were clear listeners, was, again, just comparing an ancient millennial with a baby millennial. Yes. And how our experiences are the same or different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So my mom drove my brother and I, we went to, so like my middle school, they mentioned this in the article that it was like, it was still a public school, but it was, I don't know if it was quite like a magnet school, but it was, you could go to the normal middle school or you could opt to put your kid in this lottery that, and it was like two grades were together. So like third and fourth grade were in class together, fifth and sixth grade were in class together. So you had the same teacher for two years which a lot of people liked, and there was kind of, like, a mentorship aspect of, like, the older kids kind of mentored the younger kids, and there was a big STEM focus, so I took, like, engineering and, like, computer programming classes in middle school. So anyways, they didn't really have a bus, so we would have had to, like, take a bus to this elementary school and then get on another bus. Oh, gosh. And it was stupid and out of the way, and so my mom, because she was a stay-at-home mom at the time, would drive us every day, and sometimes we, like, carpooled with other kids. Uh, where were you during 9-11? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this, but I'll read in the first episode, shout out. Um, but I'll read what I wrote. I remember this extremely vividly. I was in second grade at West Maple Elementary School. Shout out. They called all the parents to pick up the kids. And I was one of a handful of kids in the whole school who didn't get picked up because my parents figured it was just as safe for me to be at school as it would be at home. I sat with my teacher the whole day as she watched what was happening on TV. I remember seeing the towers on fire and all of that. Shout out to her for being stuck with the, with one lonely second grader the whole day when I'm sure she wanted to go home. I rode the bus home by myself and saw my mom crying on the couch watching TV. Shay and I also delve into this, as I said, in episode one, Camp Adulthood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood if you want more details. What did you write? Um, I just wrote, I was in my senior AP English class when the planes hit the towers. <laughs> um, and again, I, we don't want to go too much detail because we talk about this and we want to encourage everyone to go back and listen. But my uh, school district basically put a ban on televisions in the classrooms that day. Oh, yeah. So for me, I didn't – so many of my peers common thing, talk about, yeah, like having these really visceral experiences of like their – teachers turning on live tv and they act like saw the second plane hit live on television or friends that were in new york saw it live from the Mm -hmm. windows of their elementary or their high schools um but for me it was always like i didn't you were kind of in any of that it was kind of like an information vacuum that's a good way of putting it yeah i know my dad he tells a story he was like a plant manager at the time and like they put a ban on because people were like so distracted Mm -hmm. and like the company that they were supplying for, like, hadn't shut down. So they were like, we need to, like, keep producing. So they, like, shut down all the TVs because they were like, people need to keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you remember about Princess Diana's death? Um, I remember it was one of the first things, the first times I saw something on the news and it really affected me, um, especially because both my mom and my grandmother were really upset by it. Um, I also felt so sad for William and Harry. 
dressed. Oh my so, god. Who is so excited for the next royal oh my wedding? God, so oh excited. My god, oh my god, oh my Shout god. out Meghan Markle, Kappa. Yeah. Um, I had a very different answer. So my answer was, I just had to Google that she died in 1997 because I didn't know the exact year. I was three years old at the time, so I have zero memory of it. <laughs> um, oh, your turn. Oh, what was your favorite movie when you were younger? The Sound of Music. It is still oh, my favorite great. movie today. That's a timeless classic. Mine yeah. was The Princess Diaries with oh. Anne Hathaway. Also a classic. And Julie Andrews. And also, <gasps> Julie! A point this of is, commonality. This is we, why this all is the friendship podcast. Julie yes, Julie Andrews this is, great. is the best. Finding out so much. I know. Um, how did you spend your summers? Uh, babysitting, chores, and reading, reading, reading is what I wrote. <laughs> like a big dorky That's loser. So I wrote, my parents have a lake cabin in northern Michigan, which they still have. So we would go up there a lot in the summers. I was also a ballet dancer in my younger years, so I would do a lot of dance camps, which were like, I went to sleepaway camp one time for dance, but they were mostly like day camps at like the studio that I went to. Um, so that was like most of it. I also went to sleepaway camp. It was a camp. good time. I loved it. Yeah. Cool. Um, what, uh, blah, blah. What was computer class like in grade school? Yeah, so this one they used in the article, but they added it down a little bit. So I wrote, in grade school, we had type to learn. I don't know if anyone remembers that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a typing class, but it was like on the computer. And the middle school I went to, like I said, was an engineering and technology focused school. So we would do a lot of computer projects that involved making rudimentary internet sites and robots and stuff like that. And in high school, we had a computer class where we learned all the basic like Microsoft Office skills that was more like computers for business Mm. type of thing so I had a good fair amount of exposure to like computers through my public education Um, and one thing that I will say about those engineering and technology uh, classes this is one of my dad's favorite stories Um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast so I apologize if I have Um, but they used to have like student-led teacher conferences so like you would go with your parents and you would go to each classroom and usually there was like a project or like if you had written an essay, like, the teacher would be there, and they would be like, oh, this is Madeline's art project. Like, look at her nice diorama. And then the teachers would, like, talk to your parents about, like, your performance and stuff. And so this asshole, Mr. McLeod, oh, if you're no. listening. Mr. McLeod, we hate you. He is bad. Bad teacher. He, 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 he was fine. He was, like, a nice enough guy. I don't want to disparage him publicly. Um, but... He knew that I was very bad at this class. We were building robots. They were little cars, and they were really cool, and they had, like, sensors on them. And you could build them with different sensors. So some of them were, like, touch. Like, if you touch the car on the top, it would go. Mm -hmm. Some of them were, like, light. Like, if you shined a light on it. Some of them were, like, motion. Like, if you walked in front of it, it would, like, follow you. So they were, like, really cool. And... But we got all the parts, and they they were part of, like, a kit, but they didn't give us the instructions. You were supposed to, like, build it. And I was in a class, and this is going to sound so horrible but it's like true story one of the i was with four girls who were all my friends one of them has since died of a drug overdose oh, no. so she was like a loose cannon even back then and obviously not focused what on school this? um this is in seventh or eighth grade okay. probably i was in middle school um so anyways i was with these like four girls and we were like failing miserably at this project and oh, mr no. mcleod knew that my car did not run and so at the parent teacher conference he was like madeline please show your parents your car, <gasps> knowing full well it did not, it was what not going to go. And so it sat there. And of course, my dad is like an engineer by trade. He's like worked in the auto industry and he was looking at it and he was like, why is it not running? And it was like a very embarrassing moment. Aww. And Mr. McLeod totally could have like just been like, oh, she's still working on the project or like we're working through it. Like we're going to talk about it on Monday of like, why is it like he could have approached it any number of ways. But instead he was like, Madeline, show your parents your car because he knew that we were being little shits in class oh, no. and wanted to like stick it to me. 
anyways, the only C's I got in middle school were in gym because I refused to run because I think running when you're not being chased is stupid. And in <laughs> that engineering it. class. Um, that is such an amazing story. I have to say I have a similar story that is also somewhat relevant, and that is that in third grade, I mean relevant to the topic of millennials, I was shamed in front of the class <laughs> for my handwriting. Oh. And the teacher I think announced. Your handwriting is very nice. Thank you. Um, thank you, St. Patrick's School, that yeah. still taught penmanship and gave us a grade in it. Oh, my God. But, like, wow. strict. regular classes, we had, like, ABCDs, but, like, art, music, penmanship, we had, like, one, twos, and threes. And I would always get a two, which means I didn't get yeah. on the honor roll or whatever. Oh. And then I, she – one semester I must or quarter, I must have done really bad because the teacher said <laughs> – in front of everyone, some people should have gotten threes in handwriting oh and then looked at me and, like, nudged <laughs> me. And oh, my I was God. Like, was this woman a nun? No. She's oh. actually a very nice lady that was, like, my grandma's neighbor, and oh. I really like her a lot. She but in third grade, I was like, <gasps> this is horrible. horrible. But What were your computer anyway, classes like in grade school? Uh, we played a lot of educational games, I said, on giant desktop computers, and we learned how to do word processing. Um, computer class was mostly centered around learning how to type. Uh, which I don't think children are officially taught in school anymore. Well, I did it. I don't know how it is now, but I was taught to type, but it was, like, on a computer. That was, like, yeah. the type to learn that okay. I mentioned. Um, and I also took, like, typing as a class in high school on a typewriter, which yeah. I think I've talked about. So That's cool. Um, is it my turn to ask? Yes. Uh, what music was popular when you were growing up? Um, I was very into American Idol. John Mayer, I still love him. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Emo bands like Panic at the Disco, still love them. Pop punk, like all-time low. At least that's all the stuff that was popular that I also enjoyed. Mm. I was also, le- I mean, I still am, but I was very into, like, obscure, weird. I was kind of like a hipstery child where I was like, there's this guy who has, like, one Twitter follower who, like, plays at the coffee shop near my house, and, like, I'm going to be his number one fan. Like, I was very into, like, trying to discover stuff when oh it was, like, God. underground. But, anywho. I love it. Uh, I said Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, mm. and Spice Girls. <laughs> Those are... I am kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, I was obviously into that, too. The Spice Girls was actually the the first CD I ever bought with my own money. But I kind of caught the tail end of, like, the Britney Backstreet Boys in sync. Like, I never caught that, which I'm kind of sad about. So Mm. Um, what has been your favorite conversation on the podcast? Um, I think I said I liked our opening conversation about 9-11. Yes. Um, I really do think that even though we were not as adept at podcasting, like, I really am proud of that first yeah. episode. Um, the content I, is on point. Yeah. I liked um, our chat with Amy, the environmental oh, yeah. That's scientist, a great one. about what we can do to live more sustainable lives. And then because this was for the key, I wrote, oh, and I love talking about sorority life, yes. which I do like talking about it, but it's not like my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, I know. This was obviously like a long time ago we submitted these. Yeah, because we've had so many more since then. But anyway, what did you say? Um, I said, oh, gosh, this is difficult. I'll choose a couple since there are so many. Um, Katie Luke's episode. I love Katie. And she is just such a delight. She's a delightful human. Oh, she's coming to visit me. Oh, yes, I heard. Yeah. Well, yeah. not me, but she's, she's coming to Portland. So, yeah, um, I really liked Stephen Floyd's episode. Mm-hmm. I thought we got deep on that. Oh, mm-hmm. Wait, are you doing um, the favorite guest or the favorite conversation? Favorite conversation. Oh. Well, it was like Katie Luke's episode talking to her about film and music, oh, plus growing yeah. up in the Midwest was special and close to home. And then Stephen's episode, hearing his story of sobriety and experiences as a teenage alcoholic, were truly inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I think since then, I really... I mean, we've had a lot of my friends on, so, like, mm-hmm. 
talking to them, but I really loved talking to Terrence about growing up yes, Mormon. Yes, Terrence was, was really great. good. Um, and I also really enjoyed our talk with KP and with um, Krista. Yes, those, yeah, were those both two great. were good too. Um, They're all amazing. They're all amazing. Okay. Number 12, who was your favorite guest on the podcast? This was similar, but slightly different yeah. question. Um, what well, did you say? I said Sarah Todd, who's an editor at Quartz, oh, yeah, and Mike Coscarelli, a comedian. Yes. But also, I like these other ones that we did So after. many people, side note, like a ton of people who like casually, even Aria today, cause yeah. when you were feeding the meter or whatever, um, she was like, yeah, the episode that I listened to was with Mike Coscarelli. I don't know if it's because we tagged it as like stand up uh, and like people are into that. Yeah. But so many people are like, oh, yeah, the one and only episode. I don't know if she Clearly. listened to other ones. They were like, the one episode I've listened to is Mike Coscarelli. And I'm like, Freaking Mike shout Coscarelli. Out. Um, um yeah. And I said, my parents, sentimental. Yes, that But was I've a had good them, one. they had like their own solo episode and then they were on when I had my family on in Denver. Um, but I wrote, they were great guests and have been super supportive of the podcast from the beginning. It was awesome to have them as our first Gen X and Boomer guests. And then I said, Elliot, because he did oh, improvised yeah. slam poetry for awesome. us. That was awesome. And had great things to say about being an educator and dating in New York. And then the last one I said was Becca. She sheds some light on an issue many women face, and that is the decision to have kids on your own without a partner. And she told her story with grace and honesty, and it was a super fun interview. Awesome. I love it. Um, why? Number you, 13. Oh, number 13. Why do you find this topic, millennial life, worthwhile for all generations to listen to? Yeah. So this got pulled for the article. It says millennials get a bad reputation and there are many negative stereotypes about us, both from older generations and from within the millennial generation itself. We want to showcase the different points of view and experiences of millennials to show that it's okay to brag about our achievements when they are deserved, especially as women who tend to downplay themselves and take a look at some broader issues we can help solve as we become the generation in charge of the world. Like it. Uh, Similarly, I said, I think we live in a time where sweeping generalizations are made about everything, and those generalizations tend to be extremely polarized. One of these generalizations is that millennials are bad, uh, i.e. lazy, selfish, entitled, etc. And I find that not only incredibly unfair, but also dangerously problematic. How can we function productively in our workplaces, our schools, our communities, if we can constantly and consistently put down an entire generation? Uh, the majority of millennials work extremely hard just to survive in what is a completely new world compared to what our parents and grandparents experienced. I hope by having conversations with people from across the millennial spectrum, from those doing extraordinary work to those just living their best mundane life, we can demolish those negative stereotypes and help a little towards cross and intra-generational understanding. I love that. That's great. Number 14, what is your definition of camp adulthood? Oh, um, I said that camp adulthood is the realization that being an adult does not mean you suddenly have it all figured out, but that you have the tools, resources, and experience available to help you solve life's problems, both big and small. I said, my personal definition is having a job, supporting yourself, and being a badass in whatever field you want to succeed in, while also sometimes not doing laundry for a month or eating grilled cheese every night for dinner. Delicious. Side note, I want to amend that because I feel like having a job is not necessarily a requirement. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that does not discount you from being a millennial. I just feel like living your best life is, you know, doing whatever career goal I will say people that are like, I'm just going to live off the land and, like, be a freegan. Like, okay, I look down on you. But, like, whatever. I don't want it to seem – because I do have a lot of friends that are, like, fun employed. Oh, and that's that – they're living their life. Okay. Um, what – oh, is it my turn? Yes. What does millennial mean to you? 
I wrote, millennial is just a term for people of a certain age who grew up in a specific way. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me in and of itself, but we have more... But as we have more conversations with people, there is such a rich fabric of unique stories that make up millennial life that I couldn't think of just one definition for the word. Yeah, I said very similarly, I try to keep my definition of millennial purely scientific, a.k.a. a person person born between 1980 and 1998, or 1981 and 1996. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as we hope to reveal on the podcast, millennials are diverse and impossible to define simply. Great. Uh, How often do you talk to someone on the phone versus text them? Um... I probably text more than chat, than chat, but it really depends on to whom I'm talking. What I love about texting is that I'm able to be in touch with my loved ones more intimately and instantly than I would be otherwise, uh, sharing silly details of my day that don't necessarily warrant a phone call. It's allowed me to stay in touch with family and friends all over the world. However, nothing beats a phone call, uh, so it's important uh, to make sure those happen, and I think this is something a lot of millennials forget. And just to add on this, because I think it's really easy for people, you know, to feel like millennials are de- defined by these instant forms of communication and by social media. But I really lately, especially because some of my professional work I'm doing with various clients, like I want people to see, I think there's a lot of bad stuff going on with social media, yeah. but there is like this amazing opportunity for uh, community and for keeping your own bonds really strong with people yeah. that you care about that you just couldn't have when you had to send a letter or you right. had to call someone or you had to go there in person. Totally. So I like it to be positive expands. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think too, because I think there is a stereotype that like, oh, millennials are always stuck in their phones and they're texting and they don't know how to connect mm-hmm. with people when I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like Gen X and boomers are like way more into texting yes, than people let on. I agree. Like my grandma texts and like my parents are all about group texts and like shared photo calendars and all sorts of like crazy technological yeah. things. And I feel like the millennials in my life, like they really go out of their way to like travel or like make the phone call. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm just speaking to my own experience. Not everyone does that. Yeah. But I feel like millennials and especially like the younger like Gen Y mm-hmm. kids, it's like they're not even texting anymore. They're like Snapchatting. Snapchatting. Which is, like, I know it has, like, text function, but, like, sometimes I have, like, whole conversations in, like, my Instagram DMs, which Mm -hmm. is, like, the same concept, but different. Um, But what I said was I talked to – oh, meh. Sorry. I talk to my long-distance friends and family on the phone, but if the person is local, I almost exclusively text them. Mm -hmm. I have this one friend in New York who lives local, and he almost exclusively calls me, and it, like, weirds me out every time. But I love it because I'm, like, we get to chat. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you sent a handwritten card? Uh, true on the day that I sent this and true again today. <laughs> today. So. Great. Yes. Shay loves handwritten cards, as I we do. talked about in the Christmas card discussion. Yes. Um, I wrote maybe a month ago I sent a sympathy card to the family of someone who passed away. I definitely, I send thank you cards. And I send birthday cards sometimes, depending on the person. You I don't send thank you cards, cards today. Yeah. They're very cute. They have cacti on them. Yes, they're very cute. If anyone gets them, you know that they were bought with love in Portland. Um, but yeah, I definitely enjoy like a nice handwritten card. And I feel like now there's so many cool like stationery companies. and mm-hmm. like So much cool stuff. It's pretty cool. So that was it. So thank you again for to Kappa and the Key and Laura for... Yeah. And we'll link to the article. It's on the key website. And obviously, if you're a cap, I'll look out for it in your mailbox. And also, you should read the key anyways, because it's great. Lots of good human interest. 
Exactly. Uh, so to wrap up today, uh, this is just a short little s'more of friendship love for you guys. We're going to do the archery range with each other. Yes. So uh, remember, these are questions we ask our guests just to kind of place them in the in their generational spectrum. Um, so here we go. So how do we want to do this? Like I say, we both you answer You say a question it. and then we both answer. Okay. And then I'll say a question and we both answer. Favorite book, Adam Green Gables. Oh, wow. You had that. See, you were an English major, so you've had time. And you also, haven't you, like, written many professional papers yes, on Adam many. Gables? Yeah. Um, gosh, I have so many. I am partial to nonfiction. Yes. Um, definitely. Um, gosh, I'm, like, drawing a blank on my favorite book. I really like Into the Wild by Jonathan Krakauer. That's a book that I've read Ooh. many times. And the movie with Emile Hirsch is also amazing. Um I also really like Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. So good. That's an amazing book. Um, there's, gosh, just like so many. The most recent book, I know some of our guests answer this way, I'm reading that was recommended to us in the archery range, Shout Out by Leah is Columbine by Dave Cullen. Highly recommend. Really great. Love it. Um, favorite movie? The Sound of Music. Oh, true. You said, oh. You said that was still your favorite yep. in the last round. Um, or while you were sleeping. Oh, that's so good. I know. Sorry. That's such a I love such it a so good much. holiday holiday so classic. Good. Oh, God, Sandy. Um, I love that. Oh, God, I don't know. I have so many favorites. I really like 500 Days of Summer. I know that's like oh, a sentimental so favorite, good. but I think it's very underrated, and people think it's just like hipstery trash, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. They're, I really like documentaries too. I really like nonfiction pieces. So You're a serious person. I'll think about it, but we'll go with that for now. Okay. Um, favorite childhood snack? Goldfish and Cheez Its, which I still really like. God, Cheez Its are so good. I love them. A lot of people think they smell like feet, which they smell I like delicious. I love them. Like I know Sam Granger. Shout out, friend of the pod. She's the she best. doesn't like them because they smell like feet. Well, that's the only thing I know about, about Sam you? that I don't like. Uh, apples. <laughs> oh. You're healthy. And chocolate chip cookies. Uh, Corey doesn't like apples, but one time during boot camp, they like only gave them one meal for like three days or something crazy, but then they gave them a bucket of apples, and Corey was like, the apple was so delicious. And I was like, that sounds like How do you not situation. like apples? I don't think he likes the texture, because they get stuck in his teeth and like the uh, skin and stuff. The taste, I don't think it's so much. Delicious. But anyways. All right. Mm. Favorite television show? Mine is Breaking Bad. Law and Order SVU. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, favorite year of high school? Gosh. They were all good. I had a really good, like, high school experience. Yeah, I don't know. I was not, like, an angsty teen. Me neither. I think my senior year was good. There was a lot of, like, fun programming, and yeah, I was, I, like, I stopped caring about school, so it was fun for me. I really liked 11th grade, but there was a lot more making out in 12th grade. Mm. So it means see, it a I had a boyfriend tie. like midway through junior year till the time I graduated. Oh. Shout out! By this time, his episode might have dropped. Oh, sweet, sweet Michael. Hello, sweet Michael. Um, so yeah, I guess I was making out, but it was with one person, so it was kind of. Well, it wasn't lame. like a makeout floozy. I was making out with oh. like one or two people. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> when you say make it out, I just assume it's like plethora no 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 it's fine that was later cover your ears later. parents um, um go favorite place you visited outside of somewhere you've lived i really like the south of france that's nice mm-hmm. and, and i really like very it's fun. very hard to choose yeah 
I really liked place that I went recently. Hawaii is really mm. cool. Yeah. Definitely the most unique place I've ever went, been. If anyone hasn't gone, it's a very easy flight. Um, but outside of that, Amsterdam. Is oh, awesome. Amsterdam is so good. I love that. I love the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, favorite year of elementary school? Hmm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about like my teachers. I don't know. I think probably like fourth grade because I like had been one year at the new school and so I had like my friends and I remember in fourth grade I had like a cool teacher who like got us little like palm pilots Mm. which were like all the rage yeah and I remember that was really cool um and that's when I met like Leah who's like still my best friend which was very sweet but probably I don't know maybe sixth grade because that's when I started doing like competitive speech which was like a big part of my life for a while Um, yeah can't tell because I sound like a goober moron on Clearly, this podcast very smart. but what about you I really liked kindergarten oh, I have no members of kindergarten uh, my teacher was really nice and we did fun projects about cats mm. and I liked second grade and, and I liked eighth grade I feel like you and I are unique that we didn't have like a real angsty phase I've unless you did angst. no I was maybe a little angsty like senior year of college but doesn't really yeah, count. but that's like a different. I feel like adult angst is yeah. different from like yeah. no. middle school angst. I was never an angsty kid. I was like, I yeah. love my life. It's awesome. I did too, and all my friends talk about like I don't know. I definitely. I'm also impervious to like bullying. So like people could have been yeah. totally being rude to me, <laughs> and I just would have been like, do 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 do. Do we not know how to feel emotions? I don't think I'm a psychopath. I was feeling a lot of joy. People are going to be like, wow, these two are not relatable or likable in any way. <laughs> I can't breathe. It's so funny. Um, on that note. No, but it's fine. It happens. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else we haven't uh, covered that are our usual questions. Oh, favorite musical artist. That's a good one. She doesn't like music. <laughs> I don't know. Or she's going to be something embarrassing. Like, I mean, I just don't feel like, like, I like music, but I don't, I listen to Taylor Swift. It's fucking Taylor Swift. Okay, that's cool. I I mean, mine's John Mayer, and they dated, so that's fine. True love. But, uh, speaking of which, have you listened to Taylor Swift's cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire? No. Okay, we're going to play it live on the pod. Okay, awesome. I won't give you, uh, my feeling on it. Yeah. I'm taking my phone off airplane mode, which is a bad choice, but it's fine. It's okay. Um... Also, let's hope I'm not getting a parking ticket. But oh, three minutes. Yeah, we'll stop this okay. in like two minutes. We don't have to listen Great. to the whole thing. Hold on. Is it real bad? Um, you tell me. You know the song September by the Earth yes. and Fire? She recorded this recently. This was not like circa 2004. It could be done better. We gotta get to the chorus. Like, this is a disco song. Yeah. This is supposed to be like pump up. Yeah. Also, a lot of the lyrics to the song are body ya, which is. Oh. So it's like. That's cool if it's like, body, yeah, because you're just like dancing. But if it's like, body, yeah, it's not as (laughs) good. It's not as cool. Anyways. And I think, you know, I don't love Taylor Swift for her like beautiful voice. I love Taylor Swift for her like sad song lyrics. So I have no No, interest in your covers. 
Yeah, true. So. She doesn't need to be covering songs. She's better than that. She yep, has her yeah. own. Okay, well, this is great. Yes. 31 minutes right on the dot. Right on the dot. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you, Shay, for all of your Thank insights. Thank you, Maddie. You are an esteemed person in my life. Yeah. Esteemed guests right, right. here. Just us. Bye, campers. We love you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber, and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.